Greenville Health System's mission is to heal compassionately, teach innovatively, improve constantly. And in that spirit, we present this special podcast series, Inside Health, brought to you by Greenville Health System. Here's Melanie Cole. Colorectal cancer is one of the five most common cancers in the U.S., yet it is often highly treatable if it's found and treated early. But because many people are not getting tested the way they should, only about four out of ten cases are diagnosed at this early stage when treatment is most likely to be successful. My guest today is Dr. Einar Lurix. He's a gastroenterologist with Greenville Health System. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lurix. So tell us about colon cancer and who is most at risk. Hi, yes, good morning, and thank you for having me here today. Colon rectal cancer is a disease of the colon where cells of the colon or rectum divide uncontrollably, ultimately forming a malignant tumor. The colon and the rectum are parts of the digestive system which take up nutrients from food and water and stores solid waste until it passes out of the body. Most colorectal cancers begin as a polyp of growth in the tissue that lines the inner surface of the colon or rectum. Polyps may be flat or raised. Raised polyps may grow into the inner surface of the colon or rectum like mushrooms without a stalk or grow and become a tumor. Basically, people that are more likely to develop colorectal cancer is anyone. Um, Everybody has an increased risk of developing colorectal cancer. There are certain subgroups that are more likely to develop colon cancer, those people with genetic abnormalities or those with ulcerative colitis or Crohn's, but everybody has an increased risk of developing colon or rectal cancer. Is there a genetic component to it? There is. There are um, genetic uh, predisposition for people to have colon cancer. And in fact, there is a a gene link that is being studied in all people who develop colon cancer to see if their lifetime risk after having colon cancer is increased for further colon cancers and also to see if their uh, children may be more susceptible to colon cancer. Also found in individuals who will have over their entire lifetime, greater than 10 precancerous polyps are suggested to be studied for the same gene, as they may also have an increased risk in not only themselves, but also their children. So there actually happens to be a wonderful screening tool for this type of cancer. Who should get screened? And explain to us a little bit about colonoscopy. Sure. Colonoscopy is a uh, very safe, very effective measure to screen for colon cancer. It's recommended that all individuals age 50 and above to have a screening colonoscopy, African-Americans starting at age 45, and those individuals with a family history of colon cancer at age younger than 60 or two or more individuals in their family with colon cancer to be screened at age 40 or 10 years younger than that individual was diagnosed with colon cancer. It uh, It's a very safe and very effective tool. It's a a procedure where you're made entirely comfortable during the procedure by an anesthesiologist. The procedure doesn't take very long, anywhere from 15 minutes to 45 minutes to an hour, uh, where during the entire time you are asleep and comfortable. And then when you wake up, you feel fine. Someone drives you home due to the sedation, and you go about the rest of your day as normal other than not driving. It's a very safe, very comfortable, uh, uh, very easy-to-do procedure. People don't often realize how quick and easy, and I bet you've heard, doctor, that when people wake up, they say, when are you going to start? But it seems that the hardest part for people to stomach as it is, is the prep. So speak about what's going on in the world of colonoscopy prep these days, because they think of the big gallon, but there are other preps available now. That's correct. Um, The worst 
part of the whole procedure is the day before where you have to both drink only a liquid diet to make sure that your colon is clean and along with taking a bowel purging substance that will clean out your colon. The purging substance originally was a very uh, large substance and that's why most people are fear it because they, they picture the substance that was originally given to everybody which basically tastes like salt water. I've tried it myself, but I wouldn't want it or wish it on anybody. Uh, and we typically do not use that one uh, nowadays. There are many more alternatives that are available, uh, anywhere from a half-gallon prep that tastes like uh, uh, vitamin C or orange juice to one that's only two five-ounce glasses that also tastes uh, more like uh, a, a beverage called Tang, an old uh, sweet beverage that kids used to drink. They're very, very pleasant compared to what they used to be. There's even a uh, bowel purge that's present nowadays that is only pills. The problem with the pills is not I mean, everybody can use the pill bowel prep as it can worsen kidney disease. Um, and there are quite numerous pills. The pills are even available for those who are afraid to do a liquid. Well, as somebody who's had a few of these, I can tell the listeners that it is a an actual good feeling. You feel cleansed and you feel clean. And it lasts for a good couple of days. So, you know, it's not bad to clean out your colon every once in a while that way. Now speak, Dr. Lurex, about what you find when you're in there. We all get these beautiful color pictures when we're done. And what is a polyp? What do they tell you as our doctor? So out of people that are screened, between 25 and 35% of women and uh, 25 to up to 45% of men have a precancerous lesion called a polyp. <clears throat> and there are different types of polyps that we do find when we're inside the colon. The most common one being a tubular adenoma. Tubular adenomas are either flat or raised lesions. And they tell us that when you do have a tubular adenoma, you have an increased risk for developing colon cancer. And the reason for the colonoscopy, when we, when we find these raised lesions, we remove them, thus decreasing that risk by removing the precancerous lesion that's present. The other lesions that may be present are a hyperplastic polyp, which if they're found in low quantities and only on the left side of the colon, have little to no risk and typically aren't removed or only removed just to verify. Or a third type of polyp, which is called a sessile serrated adenoma, which does pose a slightly higher risk than a tubular adenoma, but are much more rare than a tubular adenoma colon polyp. Well, what should we know? When you find the polyps, and this is what makes this an amazing screening test because you can actually take those out while you're in there, thereby hoping to prevent colon cancer in the first place. But tell us about what you do. You take these polyps out and then test them to see what type they are. That's correct. We remove them during the procedure, uh, which is very comfortable. You will never know that you had a polyp removed. You don't feel that afterwards. We take it out with either a forceps or a snare, which to you, you will never know or, or feel. And then we send it off to a pathologist as it's collected through the colonoscopy and sent into a collection tube and given to a pathologist. The polyp is then tested to make sure that it is that type of polyp, one of those three different types. And then that tells us your risk of developing colon cancer in the future and will give us an idea of when your next screening colonoscopy needs. The, the, typically, polyps grow slow, correct? So that's why there's this long gap between the need for colonoscopies? That's correct. A typical polyp takes uh, what they estimate 10 years from the development of a polyp into developing colon cancer. So polyps that are a centimeter in size and greater develop much more rapidly into cancer. And that's why we recommend removing all colon polyps, uh, in particular those over a centimeter in size. And 
that also determines your frequency of follow-up of colon, uh, colonoscopies. If you have polyps over a centimeter in size, we like to do it a little bit more frequently than if you have smaller polyps. Numbers also play a role in how frequently you need a colonoscopy. If you have multiple colon polyps being more than three, then we do recommend more frequent interval screening because it suggests that your body may produce polyps more frequently than others. Are there some red flags, Dr. Lurix, that you'd like to tell us about that would signal, you know what, get in and see a GI guy and, and get this checked out? Are there some things you want people to know about? Definitely. There are uh, many red flags that to be aware of that indicate you definitely need a screening colonoscopy. However, do not just use these red flags I'm about to say as your only indication to have one. As there are several individuals who I have actually done a colonoscopy on and have found cancer or multiple precancerous polyps who have had none of these red flags. But the most common red flags are blood in your stool. Uh, it includes even bright red blood, as people will assume it's just a hemorrhoid. Don't always just assume it's a hemorrhoid without making sure. Uh, change in bowel habits, meaning if you normally go every day and now you go every third day, or now you're going several times a day, that could be a sign or indication of colon cancer or change in the consistency of your stool where you used to have a normal bowel habit or, and now the stool is more uh, thinned or ribbon-like can be a sign of colon cancer. Another indication or sign uh, can be abdominal discomfort or weight loss. Uh, that could be a sign of colon cancer. Those are all symptoms or signs that we are concerned about and would indicate a uh, colonoscopy for further evaluation. And we don't have a lot of time left, Dr. Lurex, but where does nutrition and dietary information play a role in keeping our colons healthy? Do you advocate certain fibrous diets or things that you want people to know to hopefully prevent colon cancer? Yes, definitely. A, a high-fiber diet is a, uh, has been shown in many research studies to prevent colon cancer, um, and the fiber is in particular better from food sources and not necessarily fiber supplements. So fiber out of nutrition is, uh, has been shown to decrease the risk of colon cancer. We've also shown that uh, diets high in red meat has increased risk of colon cancer. So we do recommend decreasing your consumption of red meat. We know that people who smoke more or are heavy drinkers also have an increased risk of developing colon cancer. And recommend to not smoke and to uh, use only mild to moderate use of alcohol. So wrap it up for us then with your best advice about preventing colon cancer, getting your screenings when you should get them, what you want the listeners to know about colon cancer and colonoscopy. Colon cancer is, a, is currently one of the highest found cancers within the U.S. population, ranking number three in uh, cancers that we find, and it is very preventable. And the procedure that we do at colonoscopy is very safe, it's very benign, and the prep, what most people are worried about, is really benign compared to what we did several years ago. And being that it's such a safe and preventable cancer, even if we find it in the early stages, it's very easily treatable. If it's an early stage cancer, it, it's curable up to 90%, which is very, very high. So I highly recommend, even if you're worried you have symptoms, or even if you don't, especially if you don't have symptoms, to begin your screening colonoscopies. Ask your family members, has anybody had uh, colon polyps or colon rectal cancer to determine when that first screening would be and discuss with your doctor. As a very treatable and very curable disease, it's something that really we should not be suffering as much from within the United States these days. 
Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Lurks. It's very important information. And for more information on colorectal cancer screening, you can go to ghs.org slash colon health. That's ghs.org slash colon health. This is Melanie Cole, and you're listening to Inside Health with Greenville Health System. Thanks for listening.